And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. Who's that strange-looking man behind you? Let's call. I met him at the laundry, man. Sam, sweetheart. I don't know what to do, Rabbi. Every night he listens to the radio. I can't keep him away. The Lone Ranger, uh, the Shadow, the Masked Avenger. Uh, this is not good. It tends to induce bad values, false dreams, lazy habits. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Guys! 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 Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio or something? Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360, it's the conclusion to the Jack Benny Christmas program from 1949. Then Edmund Gwen stars as Ebenezer Scrooge in A Christmas Carol on Stars Over Hollywood from 1951. By my side is my executive producer, Mike Costello. What's up, Mike? Hey, Carl. How are you doing? You know, it's interesting. We're going to tune in to um, Edmund Gwen as Ebenezer Scrooge in a little bit here on Hollywood 360. And everyone knows him as Chris Kringle in Miracle on 34th Street, ah. right? Uh, Lionel Barrymore was the uh, perennial Ebenezer Scrooge. Um, but uh, they're kind of uh, interchangeable here on this show. It'll be interesting to interesting. hear that a little later. But right now, it's time for the conclusion to the Jack Benny Christmas show. We started listening to it last time. This is from December 18, 1949, a Christmas shopping show. Here is the Jack Benny program. <laughs> uh, let's see, honey. I've got everybody's present except one for Jackson. Oh, I know. I'll, I'll get him a pair of socks. What size? Uh, Eleven and a half. These? Yeah. Now I'll just take off my shoes, put the new ones on, and then I'll be Mr. all... Mr. Right. Harris, I thought you were going to give socks to Mr. Benny. I am. Here are my old ones. Gift wrap them. <laughs> Don't you want me to sew up the holes first? No, no, no. Just throw in a needle and thread. And give the old man something to do when he gets home from his rumble lesson. <laughs> Yeah, put plenty of ribbon on the box so the kid can oh, play Phil. around. Hey, Phil. Well, dear hearts and gentle people. Yeah, funny running into you, Phil. Yeah, how's Alice? Now stop it. Well, what's the matter with her? Usual thing. She's upset because she found out I'm married. Oh, now that's ridiculous. You cried a little too, Dad. <laughs> But that was during the ceremony. It had nothing to do with you. Well, then why'd you cry? Because you wouldn't let him go on the honeymoon. Harry, <laughs> stop. I've seen that. Now, Jackson, I've got to finish my shopping, kids. Look, I've got to get some uh, California pennants. California pennants? Yeah, you see, I'm going to the Rose Bowl game, and I want to cheer for California. But all they got in this store are pennants from Syracuse. Pennants from Syracuse? Sure. There's a big box of them right up there on the counter. See what it says? Syracuse pennants. That circus peanut. <laughs> Syracuse pennants. Phil, how can you be... She disappeared in the crowd. Good, good. Now, Mary, I wish you'd help me decide on something for my sister, Flora. Well, Jack, I've been trying to think. Gosh, I don't know. Hey, mister, are you sure you didn't see my wife? Uh, look, buddy, I'd like to help you, but I don't know what your wife looks like. Has she got any identifying marks? Well, she's got a birthmark on... Never mind, I'll look for her myself. <laughs> 
Yes, yes, you better. Oh, Come on, Mary. Why does everybody have to pick on me? Well, have you made up your mind, sir? Huh? Oh, oh, I was just looking around. I sure would like to give my girl a ring like that. Well, I don't blame you. That's a beautiful diamond ring. Uh, how much is it? $4,000. That doesn't sound so bad. Uh, wait till I look at my bank book. Mm. Well? Uh, wait till I turn the page. Mm. Well? Uh, wait till I turn another page. Mm. Well? Uh, just a minute, I'm on the last page. Well, what's on the last page? Put something in the pot, boy. <laughs> Mister, if you want to buy this ring, you don't have to pay the $4,000 cash. You can pay for it on easy terms. All you have to do is establish credit rating. A uh, credit rating? Yes, I have the forms right here. Your name? Uh, Rochester Van Jones. Are you employed? Yes, sir. Who do you work for? Jack Benny. Oh, what are your duties? You with mean you want to go on? <laughs> Why, yes. What are your duties with Mr. Benny? Well, besides being his rumble partner, I'm his personal secretary, legal advisor, attorney at law, and I also select the scripts for the movies he makes. You pick his movies? He has to blame somebody. <laughs> well, I don't agree with you. I think that Mr. Benny is a great entertainer, whether it's stage, screen, or radio. And as far as I'm concerned, his last picture was one of the funniest I've ever seen. You keep talking like that, you'll be in line for a pencil sharpener. <laughs> I think Rochester's over there picking out a gift for you. Yeah, I guess so. I don't want to see me, so let's move on. Oh, Jack! Jack! Hey, it's Don! Hello, Don. Well, hello, Mary. Oh, say, Jack, I just bought you a present, but I felt it was silly to wait until Christmas, so I'm going to give it to you now. Here. For me? A mop? But, Don, <laughs> what can I do with a mop? This isn't a mop. I just put a handle on it so you wouldn't be embarrassed carrying it home. <laughs> I see. I thought the widow's peak was so you could get into the corners. <laughs> well, I've got to run along now. See you kids later. Bye, Don. So long, Don. Now, Mary, I don't want to be here all day. I'm going to get that other present for my sister. Let's go over to the perfume counter. Well, Jack, I've got some other shopping to do, so I'll meet you there later. All right, Mary. Don't be too long. Yeah, I wonder what kind of perfume I ought to get. Oh, there you are. What? Where is she? <laughs> oh, for heaven's sake Why do you keep asking me about your wife? I told you I don't know what she looks like Well, here I'll show you a picture of her See? This? <laughs> this is your wife? Yep <laughs> Seems silly of me to keep looking for her, don't it? <laughs> I don't know Anyway, miss She must be in the store someplace So just keep looking And you'll probably find her I hope not <laughs> Get out of here so I can stop running into such silly... Oh, here's the perfume counter. Must be something nice here for my sister. Oh, clerk. Clerk. Uh, what can I do for you, sir? <laughs> hmm. Are you the salesman here? Yeah. You're the salesman here in the perfume department? Don't take my word for it. Smell me. 
I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Now, what kind of perfume would you like to buy? Well, what kind have you got? I've got taboo, temptation, shocking, white shoulders, surrender, and you should excuse the expression, my sin. <laughs> Wait a minute. I think, I think my sister likes taboo, but I don't know whether to get it for her or not. <laughs> taboo or not taboo, that is the question. <laughs> hmm. I made that up myself. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. Everybody says I'm another Milton Boyle. Your face. Your, your face does look a little like a kinescope. Now let's uh, let's see some other perfumes, please. Okay, we have some very nice imported ones. Evening in Paris. Uh huh. Midnight in Madrid. Uh huh. Here's a domestic one. Morning in the smog. <laughs> Are they, are they bottling it now? Why not? We got enough of it. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, there you are, Ted. Yeah, I thought I'd stop here and get some perfume for Florence. Clerk, what's that? Oh, this is a very fashionable odor. It's called Eau Jude I'll spray a little on you. Say, that does smell nice. Yeah. And it's got penicillin in it to fight off virus X. <laughs> That's not a bad idea, you know. You Say, Jack, here's a perfume your sister Florence might like. L'eau de la vie crayon. L'eau de la vie crayon. What does that mean? Aroma of freshly sharpened pencil. <laughs> oh, you're no help. Imagine putting a clerk like you behind a perfume counter. Oh, this ain't my regular job. I just sell perfume during the Christmas rush. I thought so. What is your regular job? I'm a goose girl at Hollywood Park. <laughs> oh, come on, Mary. I've had enough of this guy. Hey, what's that? Well, we've been here all day, and it's closing time. You mean they're closing the store now? Yes. Jack, look out! You'll train a Everybody out! Oh, darn it, there goes my other sleeve. Come on. Gee, Mary, this Christmas rush is awful, isn't it? Yeah. Hey, look how crowded this bus is. Hey, Ruth! Ruth! Huh? How are you? Oh, it's you. I'm fine, fine. Did you ever find your wife? Who do you think is driving the bus? <laughs> oh, well, tell Chloe to let me off at the next corner. <laughs> Thank you. 
And that's the Jack Benny program from December 18, 1949. Good Christmas shopping. Show Mary buys Jack a pencil sharpener for Christmas. A lot of fun on that. Phil Harris, Dennis Day, Eddie Rochester Anderson. Of course, Don Wilson doing the announcing as heard on CBS. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, it's Stars Over Hollywood. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, this is Sarah Knight-Adamson. I'm the national film critic for the website sarahsbackstagepass.com. I'm a member of the Broadcast Film Critics Association in L.A. and a voting member of the Critics' Choice Film Awards. Coming up next, you'll hear a film review of a movie that's playing near you. The Disaster Artist, rated R. It's a comedy based on the real-life story of Hollywood writer and director Tommy Wiseau. His claim to fame is a dramatic film he made, The Room, in 2003. You see, it is so bad that it's actually good and has become a major cult film. James Franco directs and plays Tommy. His brother, Dave Franco, plays Tommy's friend, Greg. This is a hysterical film that centers on following your dreams and friendships. Let's take a listen. This is my movie, and this is my life. Not correct. You and me, we are all the same. Oh, yeah, how's, how's that? We both have this dream. That we'll be famous. Yeah, I guess we do. <laughs> the film is based on the book The Disaster Artist, My Life Inside the Room, the greatest bad movie ever made, by Greg Sestero, Tommy's best friend. Here's another clip. I could see you as Dracula, Frankenstein. I'm not Frankenstein. I'm hero. <laughs> job, I give them salary, I'm gonna spend five million dollars on this movie, Greg. Mike, are you kidding me? Five million dollars? And they are not grateful. Nobody respects my vision. The bottom line, four stars out of four. I am way in on this one. This is one of the funniest movies ever made. James Franco should be nominated for an Oscar for his performance. It's nonstop laughter with a few serious moments. I loved it. Check out all of my reviews and interviews on sarahsbackstagepass.com. See you next week. Hi, Carl Amari here. During the month of December, you can digitally download Amos and Andy Volume 1. Twelve comedy episodes of Amos and Andy Volume 1 is regularly priced at $19.99, but is yours for only $9.99 via digital download this month only. Also on sale during December at 50% off is Classic Radio's Greatest Christmas Shows Volume 1. Twelve Christmas episodes including Fibber McGee and Molly, The Great Gildersleeve, The Bing Crosby Show, My Favorite Husband, Nero Wolf, Our Miss Brooks, Suspense and more. Classic Radio's Greatest Christmas Shows Volume 1 is regularly priced at $19.99, but it's yours for only $9.99 via digital download this month only. Visit ClassicRadioStore.com today and digitally download the Amos and Andy Show Volume 1 and Classic Radio's Greatest Christmas Shows Volume 1 at half price. In January, these two collections will go back to full price, so don't miss them while they're on sale during December. Log on to ClassicRadioStore.com. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Welcome back. I'm Carl Amari. This is Hollywood 360 across the country on nearly 200 radio stations. Our website is Hollywood360radio.com. And don't forget, you can digitally download thousands and thousands of classic radio shows at our digital download store. Just go to ClassicRadioStore.com. That's Classic 
RadioStore.com and peruse all the classic radio shows we have there to digitally download. And there is one show absolutely free there. It's Suspense on a Country Road, the classic radio show that got me interested in this genre when I was 12 years of age. You have to digitally download that free show. Go to ClassicRadioStore.com. All right, it's time now for Stars Over Hollywood. This was a drama series that came to radio in 1941 and lasted all the way to 1954. It aired on CBS on Saturday mornings, which was a very weird time slot to have a drama series. No one thought that this time slot would work, but they were all proven wrong. Top Hollywood stars would uh, appear before the microphones in light comedies, ran 13 years in the same time slot with only two sponsors, Armor and Company and Carnation. We have a great Christmas show for you now. Edmund Gwen stars as Ebenezer Scrooge in A Christmas Carol from December 22, 1951, part one of Stars Over Hollywood. This is Edmund Gwen with a welcome to Stars Over Hollywood presented by Carnation Evaporated Milk. And here is your host for Carnation, Art Bellinger. Welcome to Hollywood, home and workshop of the world's most glamorous people. We're happy to say that each week, Stars Over Hollywood is brought to you by Carnation, the world's favorite brand of evaporated milk. And today, we present transcribed A Christmas Carol, starring Edmund Gwen. Yes, it's Carnation, bringing you Stars Over Hollywood. And speaking of stars, here is the distinguished actor of the stage and screen, Academy Award winner Edmund Gwen. Mr. Gwen, it is indeed a pleasure and a privilege to present you to our radio audience. Oh, thank you, Art. And I consider it my privilege to be able to further the spirit of Christmas through the work of one of my favorite authors, Charles Dickens. You know, Mr. Gwen, this is going to be quite a switch for you. Mm -hmm. In your portrayal of Santa Claus in the motion picture Miracle of 34th Street, Mm -hmm. you symbolized everything that Christmas means. Whereas today, you're... Today, Art, I shall be quite the opposite, I hope. As the dispirit and embittered Scrooge. And that's a performance to which we've certainly been looking forward. Your characterization of Scrooge is no less famous than that of your Santa Claus. And now, Act One of A Christmas Carol, starring Edmund Gwen in the dual role of Charles Dickens and Ebenezer Scrooge. The scene is old London town on a bleak, cold December evening in the year 1843. Seated behind a table in a drab, cheerless, unheated room is a worried-looking man. He frowns as he scribbles laboriously with a scratchy pen, carefully putting words down on the paper spread before him. A Christmas Carol in prose, being a ghost story of Christmas. Mr. Dickens? Mr. Dickens? The thing to do is simply not answer it. Perhaps it'll go away. It's no good pretending you're not there. I saw you come in. Oh, dear. I suppose I may as well face it. So you finally decided to answer me. Good evening, Mrs. Bumbletwist. Won't you come in? It's no good turning your charm with words on me, Mr. Dickens. I've come for me rent, and I means to have me rent, and I'm not leaving this room till I has. I'm I'm terribly sorry, Mrs. Bumbletwist. But I promise you'll have your rent first thing tomorrow. You've said that before. This time, there's no doubt of it. You see, tonight, I'm going to write a story that I hope will turn out to be, oh, my very best story. It seems to me that it ought to begin, let's see. Yeah. 
Marley was dead. There was no doubt ever about that. Old Marley was dead as a doornail, and Scrooge knew it. How could it be otherwise? Marley and Scrooge had been partners for, oh, I don't know how many years. Scrooge. A squeezing, wrenching, grasping, scraping, clutching, covetous old sinner. And once upon a time, of all the good days in the year, old Scrooge sat busy in his counting house. He was counting his money and keeping one eye on his clerk, Bob Cratchit, when the door opened and Scrooge's nephew, Fred, came in. A Merry Christmas, Uncle. God save you. Oh, humbug. Uncle. Nephew. You keep Christmas in your own way and let me keep it in mine. But you don't keep it. Let me leave it alone, then. Much good it has ever done you. Well, there are many things, Uncle, from which I might have derived good, by which I haven't profited, I dare say, and Christmas is one of them. And therefore, Uncle, though it has never put a scrap of gold or silver in my pocket, I believe that it has done me good and will do me good, and I say, God bless it. Hmm? Who's that? That you, Cratchit? Uh, yes, sir. Excuse me, sir. Another sound from you, and you'll keep Christmas by losing your situation. Oh, now, don't be angry, Uncle. Join us for dinner tomorrow. Why? Because it's Christmas, and we'd like you to spend it with us. Christmas. Oh, Humbug. That's the first portion of Stars Over Hollywood. More after these words. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Now back to Stars Over Hollywood. Scrooge dismissed his nephew curtly and refused the invitation. The door had no sooner closed than Scrooge turned his attention to his clerk, Cratchit. And as the closing hour arrived, he called him into his office. Hmm. Uh, you, you'll want all day off tomorrow, I suppose. If, it, if it's quite convenient, sir. It's not convenient. It's not fair. Poor excuse for picking a man's pocket every 25th of December. Mm. Oh, well, I suppose you must have the whole day. Be here all the earlier the next morning, though. Scrooge closed the office and walked to his chambers. Went in. Then he lit a candle and looked everywhere. Sitting room, bedroom, under the table, the sofa and the closet. There, quite satisfied, he closed his door, locked himself in, put on his dressing gown and slippers and sat down before the fire. Suddenly he heard a clanking noise. Deep down below, as if some person were dragging a heavy chain behind him. But the chains came closer, and squinting into the dimly lit shadows, Scrooge beheld an apparition he, he immediately recognized. Ebenezer! Ebenezer Scrooge! Marley. Jacob Marley's ghost. What do you want with me? Max. Who? Who are you? Ask me who I was. Uh-huh. Who were you then? In life, I was your partner. Huh? 
Jacob Marley. I don't believe it. It's humbug. Humbug, I tell you. Mercy. Mercy, dreadful apparition. Do you believe in me? I, I do. I do. I, I, I must. But why? Why do spirits walk the earth? Why do you come to me? It is a required of every man that the spirit within him should walk abroad among his fellow men and travel far and wide. Uh-huh. And if that spirit goes not forth in life, it is condemned to do so after death. It is doomed to wander through the world and witness what it cannot share, but might have shared on earth and turned to happiness. Jacob, oh good Jacob, speak comfort to me, Jacob. I am here tonight to warn you that you have yet a chance and hope of escaping my fate. You were always a good friend to me. Thank you, Jacob, thank you. You will be haunted by three spirits. I'd rather not, if you don't mind. Without their visits, you cannot hope to shun the path I tread. Expect the first tomorrow when the bell tolls one. One. The second on the next night at the same hour. The third upon the next night when the last stroke of twelve has ceased to vibrate. Farewell, Ebenezer. Farewell. With these words, the apparitions walked backward and faded through the door. Scrooge examined it. It was still firmly locked. He tried to say, but the word caught in his throat. So, without undressing, he went straight to bed and fell fast asleep. When Scrooge awoke, he was aware of a clock in the neighboring church striking the quarter. So he listened for the hour. Finally, it struck. One o'clock. Oh, but that's impossible, Scrooge thought. It had been after two when he went to bed. Could he have slept clear round the clock? Oh, well, as he was speculating on this turn of events, there was a sudden burst of light. The curtains of his bed were drawn aside, and there stood a strange figure, like a child. His hair was long and white with age, yet its skin hadn't hadn't a wrinkle in it. And somehow, Scrooge knew that this was the first of the spirits of whom Marley had spoken. Are you are you the spirit, sir, whose coming was foretold to me? I am. Well, who are you? I am the ghost of Christmas past. Hmm? Your past. Oh. Rise and walk with me. As the words were spoken, Scrooge and the spirit passed through the window and stood upon an open country road. All had vanished, and with it the darkness, for it was now a cold, clear winter day. Is this place familiar to you, Ebenezer? Well, I was reared in this place. I was born here. Strange to have forgotten it for so many years. Let us go on. 
He walked along the road of Scrooge's childhood, recalling every gate and post, tree and incident. Tarry not here, Ebenezer. There is much to see and the time grows short. Let us pay a visit now to old Fezziwig. Fezziwig? I was apprenticed there. Oh, there, Ebenezer, dear boy. Now, Dick, no more work tonight. It's Christmas Eve. Now, clear away, me lad. Let's have a lot of room here. We're going to have a party for everyone. Fezziwig was a good man. A fine man. He made us all happy that day. A small matter. Hmm? How can you say that? He was a kind, wonderful employer. A generous em... What is it, Ebenezer? What's uh, the matter? Nothing. I, I, I would just like to be able to, to say a word or two to my clerk just now. So. That's enough, I think. Come, our time is up. Oh. I must conduct you home. <laughs> The next moment, Scrooge found himself back in his bed. And to his complete surprise, the clock was again striking. There was another flash of brilliant light, and the whole room underwent a transformation. The walls and ceiling were suddenly hung with living green. Heaped upon the floor, to form a kind of throne, were turkeys, geese, game, poultry... Great joints of meat, suckling pigs, long reeks of sausages, mince pies, plum puddings, barrels of oysters, red-hot chestnuts, cherry-cheeked apples, juicy oranges, immense cakes, and... Oh, seething bowls of punch that made the chamber dim with their delicious steam. Mmm... In easy state upon this throne there sat a jolly giant, roaring with laughter, like old St. Nicholas himself. <laughs> Come in, Ebenezer, and know me better, man. I am the ghost of Christmas present. Look upon me. <laughs> you never have seen the like of me before, have you? No. No, never. But if you have anything to teach me... Let me profit by it. Good. Touch me, rope. There now. Away we go. Scrooge did as he was told and held fast. Soon he and the second spirit stood outside the humble home of Scrooge's clerk, Bob Cratchit. The family was gathered round the table. And although there was very little to eat... Everyone was smiling and laughing <laughs> and seemed to be having a wonderful time. There now, is everyone here? Yes. Are you comfortable, Tiny Tim? Oh, yes, Father, thank you. As comfortable as can be, I suppose. But come, this is a joyous occasion. Let us all raise our glasses and drink a toast. A Merry Christmas to us all. And God bless us, everyone. Spirit, Spirit, tell me, tell me if the little crippled boy, Tiny Tim, will live. I see a vacant seat in the poor chimney corner. 
and a crutch without an owner carefully preserved. If these shadows remain unaltered by the future, the child shall die. No, no kind of spirit. Say he will be spared. If these shadows remain unaltered by the future, the child will die. Oh, oh, what can I do? How can I alter the future? It is in your power more than you may think. The clock sounds the hour of twelve. It is time for your next and final journey. The pleasant ghost of Christmas present vanished on a moonbeam, and in its place stood a horrible phantom, draped and hooded. Oh, you are the spirit of Christmas yet to come. But although Scrooge spoke to the phantom, the spirit answered not, no. His replies were only eerie sounds in the night, and he pointed into the blackness with a bony finger. You are about to show me shadows of the things that have not happened, but will happen in the time before us. I, I fear you more than any specter I have seen. The night is waning fast, and, and it is precious time to me, I know. Lead on. Scrooge followed the directions of the phantom's pointing finger, and the strange scene unfolded before his eyes. He found himself in a graveyard, walled in by houses... Overrun by grass and weeds, the growth of vegetation's death, not life, choked up with too much burying. The spirit pointed to a stone and to the name etched upon it. And Scrooge walked forward and read the inscription. E, B, E, N, Eben, no. No, no, spirit. Hear me. Hear me. I'm not the man I was. I will not be the man I would have been, but for what I have learned, one chance, spirit. One chance, I beg of you, that I'm a henceforth honor Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all here. I will live in the past, the present, and the future. The spirits of all three shall strive within me. I will not shut out the lessons that they teach. Oh, one chance. Dear spirit, I beg of you, I can't. Scrooge put out his hand toward the draped and hooded figure and felt the bedpost in his room. He was in his bed. The sun was shining. It was morning. He dashed out of bed and ran to the window, throwing it open, and called to a boy in the street. Hi! You! You there? Me, sir? Yes, you! Hi! What day's today? Today, sir? Yeah! Why, it's Christmas Day, sir! Oh! Merry Christmas! Oh!
Then Scrooge realized that the spirits had all come on the same night. Perhaps he dreamed them. Ah, but he didn't care to take a chance, no. No, this was Christmas Day, and there was time to keep his promise. He would honor Christmas in his heart and try to keep it all the year. He dressed in all haste, started on his way. He sang with the carolers, wished everybody Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, gave coins to the poor, bought food for the hungry. He sent a turkey to Bob Cratchit's, which was larger than Tiny Tim himself. Yeah, he bought out stores of everything good to eat and presented himself at his nephew's house to celebrate a Christmas dinner. And Scrooge's good deeds did not stop at the end of Christmas Day. No, no, he gave Bob Cratchit a raise in salary and took the welfare of Tiny Tim into his own hands. Through his efforts, the little crippled boy did not die. No, no, he lived to be as well as you and I. He, Scrooge, became as good a friend, as good an employer, as had ever been seen in any city or town in this good old world. Some people laughed to see the alteration in him, but he little heeded then, for he was wise enough to know that nothing ever happened on this globe for good, at which some people didn't have their full of laughter. <laughs> now it was always said of him that he knew how to keep Christmas well, if any man alive possessed that knowledge. May that be truly said of all of us. And so, as Tiny Tim observed... God bless us, everyone. And a Merry Christmas to you all. And so the curtain comes down on the final act of Dickens' A Christmas Carol. This week's Stars Over Hollywood show presented by Carnation Evaporated Milk and starring Edmund Gwen. In just a moment, we'll have news about next week's show. Meantime, how about a curtain call, Mr. Gwen? Oh, thank you, Art. You know, I've played the part of Scrooge many times, but never played in more pleasant Dickensian company than today's. Well, we're very happy to hear that, Mr. Gwen. And for our part, let me say that you've added another triumphant performance to your already long list of successes. How many motion pictures have you appeared in, incidentally? Oh, about 50 in all that. Over 20 in Europe and... About 30 in America. Not to mention the tremendous number of stage plays to your credit, too. Mm. And now, Mr. Gwen, to show our great appreciation for your excellent performance today, we have this beautiful bouquet for your home. Oh. Red and white carnations, just like those pictured on every can of carnation evaporated milk. Oh, that's more than nice of you. Thank you so much. And may I ask what's in store for stars over Hollywood listeners next week? We think we have a most unusual show, Mr. Gwen. Mm-hmm. Harry Von Zell will appear as both the star and the author of a play called The Suckers. Harry? You mean he wrote the story in which he stars? That's right, Mr. Gwen. Oh, I shall certainly want to hear next week's show. But now, it's a goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, Edmund Gwen, and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Our broadcast of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol was adapted by Ralph Rose. Supporting Mr. Gwen were Betty Harford, Ben Wright, Alec Harford, Eric Snowden, Jay Novello, Raymond Lawrence, Charlie Lung, Tudor Owen, and Diane Abbott. Special music was composed and conducted by Rex Corey. The program was transcribed and directed by Hans Conried. And now for the Carnation Company and stars over Hollywood, this is Art Ballinger suggesting that you be sure to listen next Saturday for The Suckers, starring Harry Von Zell. Sunday evening, listen to the Carnation Contented Hour, starring Tony Martin with Joe Stafford over this same network. Stay tuned now for Grand Central Station, which follows immediately over most of these stations. 
Stars Over Hollywood comes to you from our Hollywood studios and is heard in Canada over the Dominion Network of the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. And that's Stars Over Hollywood with A Christmas Carol, starring Edmund Gwen from December 22nd, 1951. That was sponsored by Carnation Evaporated Milk, as heard on CBS. Let's take a break, then it's more on Hollywood 360. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, Carl Amari here for Remind Magazine, America's monthly blast from the past. Each month, Remind Magazine focuses on a pop culture theme from the 1950s through the 1980s, covering a wide spectrum of topics from Marilyn Monroe to Marilyn Manson. In every 50-plus page issue of Remind Magazine, you'll find dozens of puzzles, movie posters, trivia contests, classic comics, crossword puzzles, vintage advertisements for products from days gone by, and much more. And every issue features my column, Radio 360 where I focus on a celebrity from Hollywood's golden age and write about his or her radio work. And next to my article is the monthly schedule of the classic radio shows I'll be playing each month so you'll never miss your favorites. Remind Magazine is available at Barnes & Noble and Walmart stores throughout the country. But because I write for this magazine, I'll let you in on a little secret. You can get Remind Magazine for about 60% less than the newsstand price by ordering it online at RemindMagazine.com. Visit RemindMagazine.com and subscribe today. Imagine stepping into your home and not smelling the litter box. Cat's Pride introduces its most advanced lightweight cat litter yet, Fresh and Light Ultimate Care, with superior odor control to keep your home odor-free for 10 full days. It's 50% lighter, 99.9% dust-free, and delivers rock-hard clumping and powerful odor control. Plus, it comes in both a scented and an unscented hypoallergenic formula to satisfy even the most sensitive cats. Cat's Pride Fresh and Light is truly light done right. Hi, Carl Amari here. During the month of December, you can digitally download Amos and Andy Volume 1. Twelve comedy episodes of Amos and Andy Volume 1 is regularly priced at $19.99, but it's yours for only $9.99 via digital download this month only. Also on sale during December at 50% off is Classic Radio's Greatest Christmas Shows Volume 1. Twelve Christmas episodes including Fibber McGee and Molly, The Great Gildersleeve, The Bing Crosby Show, My Favorite Husband, Nero Wolf, Our Miss Brooks, Suspense and more. Classic Radio's Greatest Christmas Shows Volume 1 is regularly priced at $19.99, but is yours for only $9.99 via digital download this month only. Visit ClassicRadioStore.com today and digitally download the Amos and Andy Show Volume 1 and Classic Radio's Greatest Christmas Shows Volume 1 at half price. In January, these two collections will go back to full price, so don't miss them while they're on sale during December. Log on to ClassicRadioStore.com. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Next week, it's the adventures of Sam Spade, Detective, The Life of Riley, The Green Hornet, The Black Museum, You Bet Your Life, and The Whistler. From my team here at Hollywood 360, thank you all very much for tuning in. Stay safe. We'll see you next time.